0: presentation welcome back to another untitled movie review i am one of your hosts matt roarbeck alongside he's allergic to tomatoes but he is tomato meter approved eric marchin
1: matt do you think we'd make good cover models for a romance novel
0: i think so what would your name be
1: that's good uh good question um
0: eric uh uh no i got nothing really well what, what's Rico his Suave? name in the movie
1: uh it is uh alan well his real name's alan but it's it's like mcmahon dash, dash McMahon. mcmahon which is a good dash mcmahon
0: that's pretty good yeah. pretty good i i don't have anything as good as jimmy that jimmy ray yet... maybe Um, today we are reviewing Adam and Aaron knees the lost city that rhymes starring, uh, Sandra Bullock, uh, Channing Tatum, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, uh, Bradley Pitt and more, uh, Eric, how you doing?
1: Matt, it's a Friday night. We're reviewing the lost city. That's how I'm doing.
0: Yeah, I had a chocolate peanut butter grape that my wonderful fiance Nevis made. Uh, Does that sound weird to you? Let me know in the comments. Now, was
1: was the grape filled? Was it hollowed out? No, it wasn't filled. It was a frozen.
0: So she dipped it in the chocolate peanut butter thing and paste whatever it is um and then froze that so it had a nice like if you were having a chocolate covered strawberry or something like that like that was the kind of deal you're dealing with um now chocolate covered fruit i'm not a huge fan of like if you give me a chocolate covered strawberry or something it's I'm an like, aphrodisiac not a- matt um i like peanut butter i like chocolate peanut butter shout out to reese's um I just don't know if I like all those three things together. Cause if someone was like, here's a peanut butter cup, there's a surprise in the middle. Uh, and if that surprise was fruit, I don't know, but people like, you know, like raspberry and, and, and stuff like that. And like peanut butter and jam is a thing, right? For yeah. a reason. So I don't, I'm not a big PB and J
1: guy. Are you, I, I liked it when I was a kid. I still, um I still like peanut butter quite a bit. Um, Same. I, I don't necessarily like, eat a lot of it now so it is nice when it is i like eat a peanut if butter inter- cups
0: too many times if it's
1: integrated <laughs> into something like a peanut butter cup
0: um you- i like the new reese's uh is it peanut- reese's
1: or reese's? reeses? it's reese's i'm just yeah. being an
0: idiot okay. um some reese's pieces the new reese's pieces uh the peanut ones so are they from like the an- hr department PCs? they're like a uh, they're like, an, correct. <laughs> sure. Uh, they're like a M&M peanut, but a Reese's pieces version of that. So right. pretty good. You get like the double peanut action with the peanut butter chocolate and the peanut pretty good movie snack. Uh, does it beat a regular M&M peanut? I don't know, but it's the or just the a Reese's fl- pieces, the flavor of the week, a, a classic Reese's peanut butter cup, a great snack. Yeah. Um, recently at a screening we were at i got the reese's big cup with potato chips where there were potato chip pieces so you got a little you got a little sweet and salty action on there that was pretty sick well i saw that you posted Um, a
1: pepsi maple syrup maple
0: syrup i haven't tried that yet
1: oh that sounds Um, so gross and it sounds like probably so much sugar in that thing
0: i i would try it um of course you would (laughs) i would try anything which is like every snack like reese's too many variations of Reese's now. I think actually Rhett and Link today was a hundred years of Reese's uh, episode. And Link's a huge peanut butter fan, right? Yeah, they so. both love peanut butter. But like uh, Nevis turned me on to peanut butter. <laughs> you uh, took that pregnant pause. Uh, uh, peanut butter cups recently because they were never my thing. my sister and, and Nevis really loved the Reese's mini cups And then they bought those all the time. And then I went to the plain Reese's cups, which I haven't had in forever. And those are fucking dynamite. And nothing beats those. They put them in different shapes. They put different. They put marshmallow top flavored. I tried that. It wasn't good. And like I got the Reese's cereal, which I haven't had since I was a kid. I'm like, this is trash. Doesn't taste like Reese's cups at all. Oh, the puffs, the Reese's Um, pieces. Yeah, not good. Yeah. Not good. No. Oh man, I had some CT crunch the other night. Worst indigestion I've ever had in my life. Matt, I was up. I you, was up all night. You are I was almost like, what?
1: You're 32. Yeah. And you're eating like you're 10. You need. To, I
0: know. I know. I know. But <laughs> you need to like, like
1: take a break a little bit and like drink more water and maybe. Oh, I have
0: drink. tons of water. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Do I have a two bowls of cereal at midnight when I shouldn't? yeah i learned my lesson i'm not going to do that again until
1: for a uh, for
0: a while from now
1: um
0: <laughs> well that's another but,
1: thing though that kind of like you i mean like you you'd had cinnamon toast crunch before but you kind of yeah. got back on the bandwagon when uh right after did the, red uh, link yeah march madness right? because i was always
0: a captain crunch guy yeah my dad big captain crunch fan uh he always liked captain crunch sugar crisp and uh corn pops i don't think my dad liked corn pops but i liked corn pops when i was a what a gross sounding name for a cereal (laughs) like like (laughs) corn pops is it like a popcorn cereal but it wasn't it was like a sweet corn but like i know (sighs) corn syrup like corn is used for everything yeah um but just corn pops not an appealing name for a cereal sugar crisp yeah Sugar crisp would make your pee smell weird. I remember that. <laughs> like and asparagus. Like, like, yeah, it was like the, the kid's version of asparagus where you're like, oh, "That kid had sugar crisp this morning. Asparagus um, crisps. <laughs> yeah, which those are uh, like you can get those in a crisp snack. Should we talk about this movie or no? Well,
1: I think someone in the comments has already probably complained that we've spent uh six minutes on this so we probably should get to the movie but i would say that this conversation is more stimulating than uh talking about the lost city which essentially is just a riff on romancing the stone you know the film that starred kathleen turner and michael douglas in the mid 1980s it's good it's 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 one of those films that benefits from strong casting with two very charismatic leads that work well on screen together and was also an early Robert Zemeckis movie. And Zemeckis at that time, even though it wasn't the Zemeckis that had direct, cause he didn't direct uh back to the future was his next movie. Um, but he had done, I want to hold your hand and use cars with Kurt Russell. And he was a guy that was a protege of Spielberg and kind of came from that group. So, you know, you had somebody who was, um, very much uh, technically profound, and knew what he was doing with the sets and the direction and the cameras and everything like that, to the point where Turner and Douglas have talked have talked about in the past how zemeckis would give them no direction he literally just left them alone and like would be more focused on what was going on in the background than anything else and then danny devito was kind of the foil in that movie and it's essentially basically he was the harry
0: potter in this
1: yeah yeah, but not not as menacing and he kind of becomes a good guy in the sequel which is not as very not as good um jewel of the nile but essentially what romancing the stone and the lost city of the Lost City, or as it was originally called, The Lost City of D, do is it that it focuses on a romance novelist who hasn't really gotten out um, in Romancing the Stone. It's somebody, uh, Kathleen Turner's character wants to um, basically live the life she's always been writing about, where in Bullock's case, she hasn't left home in a while because she's mourning the loss of her archaeologist husband and herself kind of being uh, an archaeologist but not being able to really kind of have a career there and kind of being more successful (laughs) as a romance writer sort of writing about um, exotic locales and turning it into kind of a steamy himbo-esque storyline with the uh, male lead who is the cover model and the persona played by Channing Tatum. And so during this one book tour that Bullock's character is on, uh, Loretta, um, she is basically put in this ridiculous sequin um, onesie and has one of the most awkward interviews ever. And it's always weird when you watch these movies and think that like, I've never seen an interview quite like this in real life, like to the point where like it goes so wrong. And it's like, even the ones that go wrong that you kind of cringe at, they're never as kind of over the top as this. And I get that it's a slapstick kind of, fish out of water action adventure movie where Bullock's author is captured by Daniel Radcliffe's billionaire who is after the treasures um, of this small island that are kind of referenced in Bullock's uh, latest book, which is basically phoned in and her just kind of going through the motions to get it out and move on with her life and potentially um, killing off the character and ending the series after that. And when she's captured and taken to this island that is basically being colonized by uh, Radcliffe billionaire uh, Tatum decides that he is going to work alongside a trainer played by uh, Brad Pitt Jack trainer um, who is a former Navy SEAL special ops kind of guy who's become new agey and so they go to rescue her And basically what you have from there is the quintessential kind of romance storyline with Tatum and Bullock kind of um, surviving the elements of nature and each other, and also trying to get over certain things emotionally and physically uh, that are in their way. And it's fine. Like if you've seen Romancing the Stone and you wanted a, newer version of that with likable leads who i think are doing more work than what the script is because watching this film even though channing tatum is obviously doing his 21 jump street kind of stick with the himbo kind of thing he's still very good and so is bullock in terms of like they're not it seems like they're engaged with each other in terms of like acting off one another decent
0: chemistry but
1: brad pitt is amazing great. in this movie like <laughs> yeah. i wish the whole film was as good as the sequence that brad pitt is in to the point where yeah like pitt is doing this as a favor because uh sandra bullock basically was like okay we need somebody for this role and pitt himself was like oh well we had an actor drop it's great stunt of
0: casting yeah yeah
1: and so they they decided basically okay well we'll be in each other's movies with smaller roles and and mm-hmm. you know yeah it's it is stunt casting and it's and it's a gimmick and i kind of wish that the marketing didn't spoil it spoil that but i understand why they did it as well just to get more people to go out and see it but it's there's there's not a lot to talk about i think the thing that kind of tarnished this movie other than it being very lazy in in terms of its narrative storytelling and and coasting on the charms of its leads yeah is that we had an experience watching this movie that made it probably feel worse or at least kind of didn't help make the case to enjoy the movie because you had people talking both uh, behind and in front of us. You had someone coughing. Um, it was really Which hot. brings on
0: anxiety during these times. Yeah. yeah it was this, very warm. This was people a promo back. screening too. It was not so. great, but uh, I mean we'll try to leave that out of this because I, I do think that does – you know, hinder your enjoyment of a movie. And I do think that it helps your enjoyment of a movie. Sometimes when a crowd is very engaged or very quiet and different things like that. So I don't think it's like invalid to talk about those things, especially on a podcast, a conversational podcast. But like that being said, like that's not the reason why the movie's not good. I do think that maybe we disliked it a bit more because of those things, or maybe that kind of pushed, nudged us from being the mixed positive to the mixed negative. Uh, area or for me even on a more negative side of things but uh, I think the movie itself I mean I'm just echoing everything that you kind of said that obviously I love Sandy B obviously I love Channing Tatum Um, them together I thought was totally fine like I I I thought they had good chemistry. There's a couple bits there where you can understand why they're falling in love or falling for each other. But they, like even that, and there's though, some, the
1: romance doesn't feel like it's necessary. It could just no, be a No, it doesn't. Yes,
0: right? I agree. It, 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 I, I think they play well uh, off of one another, but I do think it is a little bit forced. I think they work well together, but I don't necessarily see it other than them, you know, spending so much time together in the jungle kind of thing. But, um, I like both of them. I love Channing Tatum. I love goofy himbo Channing Tatum. Like, and I think he's probably other than Brad Pitt, which you've already mentioned, who just completely steals the movie and in the bit that he's in. I think um, Channing Tatum is very funny, and Sandra Bullock can be at times too. But I felt it was so inconsistent, and that the movie, uh, the pacing was really off for me. Where you have Daniel Radcliffe come in as this villain, and I like him kind of playing just this total shitbag like I kind of like that and um you know it's kind of you know cliche super rich I guess kid, even though he's the same age as us. Um, well, I mean, there but, is that
1: nepotism within his family that yeah. he's doing it to basically like yeah. prove that he's the best. He's of a his. spoiled rich
0: kid yeah. kind of thing like that kind of classic cliche of rich super villain. Um, and I like him at, at times, but the movie is so strange and where like, I went to the bathroom and I came back and you don't see Daniel Radcliffe for a good 45 minutes where I'm like, who is the villain in this movie? I'm like, Okay, they're in the jungle. They're being chased by these goons. But I'm like, did they only have Radcliffe for like a very limited amount of time? Because I feel like he's completely removed from the movie for the entire middle act. Like acts one and three, he's pretty there. But act two, like, nowhere to be found. And I just meant like it's weird to kind of build this this villain character and then have him gone for the entire movie. And you know, some of the slapstick comedy, you know, works at times, but I think for the most part it kind of falls flat and I mean that's all going to be kind of subjective. And then it's pretty paint by numbers when it comes to the adventure side of things. She kind of stumbles into this and uh, you know, there's some backstory with her, you know, a husband who's passed away and that she's, you know, smarter than just writing these schlocky romance novels. I think it's saying uh, it's trying to say some interesting things. Like there's a great moment with Channing Tatum of like kind of defending the schlock that she writes. Because it makes people know, happy. Right? Happy. And like, and you know, I think that was a great point. And I think that's a great thing. But I don't think the movie really does anything with that. Like I, I – I feel like they they think they're doing something with that and how the movie kind of plays out in that last act with the with these two characters, but I just I don't know. I, I you know it is a learning moment for her in 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 that and I like what they're trying to say there, uh, especially in this day and age where we can just shit on everything that's just you know, blocker
1: populist, populist.
0: Yeah, that that, but it does mean a lot to some people. You see the fandom at her convention and she's just trying to go through it and thinks it's terrible, but there's something there, right? And if she did see that, then she can put her effort into it and make it even better. If she's not putting any effort into it, look at these people enjoying it. So I think there's something there. I just don't think the movie ever does a great job with that and then kind of just turns into a very paint by numbers romantic adventure comedy, right? Like it's just, I just felt myself kind of getting bored throughout and you'd laugh here and there at some slapstick kind of humor. Um, you know, a lot of it was given away in the trailers and I hate bringing that into a review, but I also think that that plays a part is like the funniest moments you saw in the trailer. And there's a reason why they were all in the trailers because everything surrounding it is very okay. And like pretty generic. Yeah. yeah, It's generic. And I think everything, as you go through the entire movie, even if everyone's trying their hardest to bring something a little bit more to it than what this script gives them is like, it ends up being, is it watchable? Sure. My mom, uh, we were talking with my mom the other day because I was doing some family feud testing. And she's like, oh, I have tickets for The Lost City on Saturday night uh, with her girlfriend. And Eric and I kind of giggled or whatever. But like I-, I know what movies to suggest to my mom. And this will be a movie my mom sees and she will enjoy. <laughs> and she'll never think about it. She'll forget she saw it even. like, But she will enjoy the shit out of it when she sees it
1: on Saturday
0: night with her girlfriend,
1: right? Like that's, and there's the that meta that nature is. as well, and, right? Yeah. Where it's like something that we're like, I don't even dislike the movie. I just, I'm, I'm very, no, kind of I'm like, mixed negative.
0: I just don't care. But then sometimes it's like, but look That's at us being worst. dismissive
1: of it. Where sure. like Sandra Bullock's character is dismissive yep. of her own work, but then totally, like your mom finds there is a meta quality there, a, yeah. a, a comfort and an enjoyment. And there's she might not wrong. like it.
0: Who knows? I can't wait. To I know, talk but, to but there are but, but there
1: are people that will, and there were people that were, were obviously that there was one person that was laughing hysterically at everything. loved
0: it, dude. Loved it. Um, it was laughed at everything, even parts that weren't <laughs> supposed to be funny at all.
1: The other thing that I found. Again, like this was like a post production thing where it's like, okay, they've they've made the movie, and it's like, do we have enough laughs in this film? Okay, well, let's add so much ADR into this movie. There there are so many scenes where you'll see Tatum and Bullock's character, you know, going through a sequence and, and running through the jungle, and it'll cut from one scene to the next, and then like as they're leaving one scene for another, you'll hear lines of additional uh, recordings and, and dialogue and it's just like it's trying so hard to get those additional zingers and then on top of that you also have a song that was used in uh the scream franchise in the first screen yeah. and in the uh the more recent one the nick cave song uh red right hand which is like it's also just weird because they're both paramount, paramount movies yeah. you know like
0: crossover baby
1: which would be a very strange crossover broken um, arrow and bring then going, it in going back to daniel radcliffe i like daniel radcliffe um i think he's really wonderful in, in Swiss army man. And we'll be talking about the Daniels new movie um, as well. But the thing with him is that there is that typecasting where he- he is Harry Potter and it's hard for him to kind of shake that image, even playing a villain role. And I think he's too nice as the bad guy or not yeah. charming in that way that, you know, that he's ultimately not going to be the villain like Danny DeVito was in Romancing the stone. I think the guy that they should have cast for that role, who's also a Harry Potter alumni is Harry, uh, Melling, um, who plays the, uh, his, his cousin, the Dursley,
0: Oh, yeah, because he's great.
1: He would have been perfect for this role, like an obnoxious, egotistical. Wouldn't
0: that be funny? You lost out the role to this guy who's getting who's working with really, really great directors. And
1: yeah, but um... like I I could like for where that character goes, I could see him playing that up better. He would basically be playing the character he played uh, in the Charlie Starin movie, the old guard uh, in a lot of ways. But but I, I think that that's like the person I saw who would be better suited for that. Um, yeah, it's just one of those films that kind of feels very choppy at times, and like you could tell that there were probably multiple scenes where it's like, oh, you can do it this way, or or, or improvise it this way or that way. Um, I really like that Bullock is doing the slapstick comedy stuff again. Um, you know, as much as I I liked her in Gravity and things like that, it's it's nice to see her kind of get back to kind of like the rom com roots that she used to do. It's it's a very easy movie to watch. It also just Here's, here's my big disappointment with the movie. I thought it was an hour 25 going into this thing. It's actually <laughs> Eric, an hour 52. Eric um,
0: ruined it for everyone. He went around going, guys, it's only an hour 22. <laughs>
1: misinformation, spreading lies. This movie, if it was an hour 25, I think I would be more forgiving of it. I think that overall it would be actually probably a better movie. Um, I think that being an hour 52, there's no reason for that. Like, it didn't need to be nearly two hours long. Yeah, I totally
0: agree. I totally, totally agree. Um, Yeah, I think you could have tightened this up and done a nice, tight hour 30, and it might have been a little bit more enjoyable, but um, it does overstay its welcome. Um, It's no
1: Lost City and, of Z, that's for sure.
0: And I think by... There's a moment in the movie where I think the spark that the movie had is you know dies and i feel like after that i was completely kind of like huh okay and then just kind of fell flat the rest of the way for me and you'll know what moment i'm talking about when you see the movie um but after that happens i was like i get why you did that i really do and i think it's a somewhat i think for most people it will be a very funny and surprising bit um, but, uh, I, I, I didn't like it personally. Cause I'm like, oh, well, okay. Now I don't care. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. The, the energy is completely sucked out of the film at that point. And you're just kind of like, oh man, like it was really coming into its own. Like it was really playful. And the way that again, like expectations versus reality, when you watch the trailer, there's, The way that the trailer is structured, it makes you think like, oh, this is the order that the film is going to go in. And then it's like, oh, no, it's okay." So you kind of know what's coming. Um, Mm -hmm. And especially given how I think we do. But I
0: feel like a lot of people like my mom won't. right? Right. And then that's that'll be interesting because I think there's some fun executive decision kind of style things going on there that I think is funny. No, did you um, say
1: executive decision specifically as a reference to nah, the movie I Executive don't, Decision, which I don't also know. does something? I very Eric, Of course, shut up, shut up. Nobody's <laughs> seen exact. Not many people have seen Executive Decision. Yeah. It's one of those. You movies, know what I'm talking. It's like about. a forgotten yeah. '90s. Although I like executive decision, oh, I, I love
0: I love it. But you know exactly what I'm talking. I'm gonna
1: rewatch about it, that tonight. But... Actually, it's gonna be right. my my Friday night movie.
0: Hell yeah, dude! Uh, I'm gonna give the movie a two out of five. I think it's uh, it, I. It's fine,
1: but not good. <laughs> I'm gonna give it two point five out of five. If it was an hour and twenty five minutes, I would give it three out of five. <laughs> okay, the point five um... is for Brad Pitt's performance too.
0: Uh, that is fair. Um, thank you all for listening or watching. We really, really do appreciate it. Uh, if you're listening to this before the Oscars, go check out our 118th draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast, where we predict every award that is get, being given out, both on TV and not on TV, uh, at the Academy Awards this weekend. So go check that out. Uh, go check out our other reviews. Um, we, have, uh, we should have a review for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once very, very soon for everyone. We reviewed X. We reviewed um the batman what the hell else have we reviewed? the outfit the outfit yep and more so go check those out uh one-stop shop go to untitled underscore movies over on letterboxd and as always you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all those social
1: medias at matt Roarbeck. and i'm eric Martin. you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on the social medias at em6211
0: until next time
1: I got nothing else to say on this.